Hi, welcome to the Dramatized Podcast. I'm Kelsey Maple. And I'm Lisa Ellis. And today we'll be talking about episodes three and four of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Yes. Very excited. Crazy episodes. <laughs> Crazy episodes. I agree. Just, there's so much happens. There really is. Just all the emotions happen <laughs> in yes. both the episodes. <laughs> yes. Like, good lord. Like, because at least in my episode, I felt really bad for um, not the main characters. But oh my gosh, that, yes. How do you say his name? I've been saying it just... How do you say his name? I think it's Guido. Guido? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say it right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy for you. <laughs> Guido. And yeah, so I... Like, he showed up for two seconds. And I was like, I love you. Oh, same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially that, I mean, not to just totally jump to the end, but the speech at the end, just all the tears, oh, all the tears. I wrote it out word for word oh, because that's okay. the only way I felt like it could do it justice. Yes. Proud of because you. Because I was like, <laughs> I cannot summarize this ending. I can't. That's That would be so wrong. Yes. So Good decision. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, so episode three, Sleeping Witch. Apparently, the OK Psychiatric Hospital was built where a cemetery used to be, so sometimes the lights flicker when it rains, but our boy is fearless. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly what we needed in this already really dark show. Also, this episode got so scary. It did get so scary. I I agree. I happened to watch this one during the day, and I was so thankful (laughs) because I I would be so spooked alone in my apartment. (laughs) Right. I do not uh, do yeah. well with spooky things. <laughs> Me either. And so it was like happening and I was like, okay, apparently this episode's just going to be spooky. Fine. And so then then to just jump to that part as well, when the ghost or whatever, I'm assuming it's her mom, yeah. is like hovering yes. over her bed. Yes. I was like, no. And that's like straight out of like that haunting on Hill House or whatever that show that like two years ago was super popular on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I never watched it. Well, I only watched like the first episode before I like noped the hell out of there, but it brought me immediately back to that. And I was like, once again, like, no. Oh, no. Because that's like, exactly what happens is like the 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 woman floats above the little girl oh. and i was like no <laughs> oh no we don't it's like terrible no we don't <sighs> kante kante and moonyoung speak outside he reminds her that he never wanted their paths to cross again but moonyoung never agreed to that she steps up close to him and tells him that he grew up to be a great guy <laughs> does she know him Young says she wants to get to know him better. When does he get off work? Kante asks what she wants. Young says, you. Why him? Mm-hmm. Because she can't stop wanting him. Mm-hmm. Because he's so pretty. And she's and she always gets what she wants. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't even have to don't even have to comment on that one. <laughs> A worker comes out and asks Moonyoung to come inside because the director would like to speak with her as a patient's guardian. We see that the hospital's mission statement is, it's okay to not be okay. Hey! Hey! The director updates Moonyoung on her father's recovery and his cognitive functions were impaired to begin with, so he may not recognize her even though he's his, 
even though she's his daughter. Her father has a brain tumor that is causing his mental issues, and it's hard to treat. Muyang says her father's symptoms remind her of people who are possessed should she hold an exorcism. The director says he'll write a prescription, which will be more effective. <laughs> I was like, the perfect response to that. Yeah, I agree. He's he's like, I see shit like you all the time. I know how to perfectly respond to this. Yes, <laughs> I, I do get this feeling that the director is kind of, he, he knows something up, is up with her. And it's like, he she's actually his focus. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, so good. I really like the director. Oh, yeah. He's the coolest cat. He's the coolest. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> He's the coolest cat out of all of us kittens. <laughs> uh, you know, for a person who said I really didn't like Tiger King a whole lot, I sure do quote it a lot. <laughs> you love that, all you cool cats and kittens. I just think it's so weird. <laughs> it is super weird. Uh. Kante is caring for Muyang's father when another patient asks that Professor Ko and his daughter look nothing alike. His daughter is pretty and takes after her late mother. <laughs> Which, what is up with all these men and commenting on Muyang and her mother and being like, oh, they're so pretty and sexy and it's your take after your mother. It's like, oh, please Yeah, I, I do think that that is also intentional and yeah is, ugh, hopefully it gets addressed because yeah but also like that poor guy just like man he's so ugly <laughs> she must take after her mom <laughs> i know that's also so mean it's like this man has dementia like <laughs> let's give him a break <laughs> but also like so but i like don't feel bad for him just, just based off of the one memory we have of when she was a child and just him basically saying she's a monster. I was just like, I don't know. I don't particularly feel bad for you. I mean, yeah, that also in like trying to kill her. I, I yeah. think both of the, for sure. I, I Not much sympathy. Like, I'm sure it's going to explain mm. that he has some kind of tragic backstory, but not a lot of excuse for that. <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm like, I know I'm supposed to feel bad for you, but like, I don't. I guess it's complicated. It's. I hate when it's complicated. I just want to hate someone. <laughs> it's not so much to ask. Uh, the prescription the director mentioned is group therapy. The group therapy has many things, but not a class on literature. Could Moon help them out for an hour twice a week? Every time she comes to teach, she can take her father out for a walk for 30 minutes. Moon says that she should be the one setting the terms that she wants. The director says this is what he prescribes to his patient and her as his guardian. Moon leaves the office while tearing up the flyer. Next, Kante is undressing from his shift when Moon enters Here saying that they should again. go eat something. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. This part was so funny. Yes! Oh, but also, I was gonna say, is there ever a moment to get secondhand embarrassment? I feel like it should be this scene. <laughs> really? When they come out and Judy's there, I oh. cringed so hard. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I like how we always have the so opposite funny. moments where we can't handle it. I know. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> oh, poor Judy. That's just like this whole show. If it was poor soul before, now it's poor Judy. <laughs> yeah. She reaches out to touch him like he's Captain America or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got that 
that's who you went for. But yeah. <laughs> because I could just think of um what's her face? Just like kind of going out and just like touching his bicep and just being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So he pushes her hand away, saying she can't be there. She reaches out her hand again, and he pushes her hand away again, and then starts to push her out of the room. They look like they're embraced with him without his shirt on still, when Journey sees them in the threshold of the door. (laughs) I died. It was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay then. Also, another scene that if it were flipped would not work oh yeah <laughs> oh it's yeah like part of me was like this is funny but also like this is not okay roll yeah. credits again yeah <laughs> but also i don't blame her <laughs> same <laughs> kante is a beautiful man he is kante leaves to go get changed while everyone is staring at judy and muyang i like how all the nurses are there just like <laughs> something's going down oh it's like me, me though <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> at least we have each other. <laughs> at, least, at least we're both terrible. <laughs> yeah. Outside, Mu Young asked Juri if they should pretend not to know each other. That's what her face is telling her. Juri says yes, and Mu Young agrees. Juri asks how Mu Young and Kante know each other, while Mu Young pulls out another one of her black cigarettes to smoke. Muyang asks why Juri wants to know. Is it something she can't ignore? That's something Muyang never understood. How can she define a relationship in one word? We get all the memories of when Muyang and Kante were children, and Muyang says every encounter they've had was awfully dramatic, being an inch away from death, and every moment they cross paths, they surprise each other. Then we get more recent memories from Muyang's book signing. If such coincidences, one after another, somehow led them there, how would Juri define their relationship? Moon continues saying that it would be cliche to say that they are destined for each other, right? Moon pulls her car around and, oh, that, that was the end of that interaction. <laughs> just like, I like, because she like pulls out destiny out of nowhere. And I was just like, I don't know if it's destiny. You're just literally stalking him. Just- right. And, yeah, and it's interesting the way that she kind of defines it as like we keep having these really dramatic moments so it must be destiny which dramatic moments can also be bad so yeah (laughs) like a love and hate or two sides of the same coin oh which is is very moon young but yes i agree (laughs) moon young pulls her car around later and tells kante to get in when he finally walks outside she starts honking when he doesn't automatically comply poor kante oh my gosh Instead, he calls someone asking where they are. Moon continues honking, and Kante says he'll call them again later. Kante tells her to go because he already has plans for dinner. She asks if it's with Songte because that's perfect. They can have a meet and greet. Where do they live? Kante leans against her car and says that bulldozing her way through this usually works, but it'll never work on him. Moon takes this as Kante playing hard to get. Mm. That'll be fun. Oh, no. Yeah, it is. She is like textbook, like creepy stalker, but flipped. Yes. So it's so weird. Yes. It feels so weird to me. Yeah. She'll leave him alone today. 
Kang Tae walks away and Moon Young yells out the window that she'll kidnap him if he plays hard to get the next time she sees him and she speeds off. Like, I should not find this as entertaining as I do, but I find it so entertaining. I know. Like, I don't want Kang Tae to give in, though. I'm like, keep pushing her away. She doesn't deserve you. But I love this. This is entertaining to me. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, because we get to kind of see her side and we're starting to get hints of why she's doing what she's doing. So, yeah, it's like, okay, well, I hope you guys do help each other. Yeah. And take on the good parts of each. But yeah, I'm like, um, I don't want another Yang gone here. Yes. Oh, my God. No. Moo Young is driving along a dark road and she's kind of blinded by truck lights. And I totally thought she was going to get into a car accident. Me too. Blinded and I was like, we're only. It's <laughs> like, we're only on episode three. Right? <laughs> Cannot be this dramatic Check yet. Check it off the list. Right? I feel like she'd get into a car accident that she arranged just so he would have to come to the hospital and like cry over her. Yes. <laughs> like it would be all part of her plan. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. She sees a little girl in her back seat through the rearview mirror, but when she turns to check, there's no one there. I know. Then she faces forward, and there's a red light that scares her. It also scared the shit out of me. (laughs) It's a scary episode. And it makes her slam on her brakes, and it's a deer. Yeah. And then this part. This is so weird. It starts yelling at her, and so she yells back because it scares her, so she's just like, sentiment but it was such a weird looking deer and i'm like that's not something a deer would do i don't think (laughs) yeah it really was it's like a deer wouldn't actually do this so we have to use cgi to make it do the thing but then it just looks really weird yeah it was very funny (laughs) it was very very funny i enjoyed it a lot Juri is buying groceries when she runs into Kangte. She gives him a ride home, and as they're carrying the groceries, she says that she thought he was having dinner with Moo Young. He says, no, they're not that close. And dinner is the only meal he can have at home, so he should eat with his brother. Moo Young drives... Oh, yeah, that's that scene. It's just like, I feel like I, like, flip-flop so <laughs> often without being like, next. Because, it's hard. You know, the, it, it, it is hard. Podcasting is hard, people, Okay. <laughs> Moral of the story. If you take away one thing, <laughs> podcasting is hard. Moon Young drives to what looks like an abandoned mansion in the woods, which it is. <laughs> <laughs> She's still in her red heels, which Ugh. props to the aesthetic. She's yes. just so beautiful. Truly. I have a lot to say about her outfit for when she teaches her first class at the psychiatric <gasps> hospital. Yes. But we'll I mean, every there. outfit she wears, it's like, I honestly, know. that's like a significant portion of my enjoyment in the show is just what's she going to wear next? Because they're all so I good. Know. I know. Sangin sees where Moon Young went and says she really shouldn't go to that place. He calls it the Cursed Castle. It's a mansion that Moon Young's father built to celebrate her birth. He built it in a remote forest so his wife could focus on her writing. It used to be a fancy mansion but it's turned into ruins. Why hasn't she sold it? How can she sell it when it's not sellable? Her mother died in that house and her father went crazy. Who'd want to buy a house where so many bad things happen? Sanjay, it depends on how much it is. <laughs> it was a nice place. But then also, it's a nice place. It looked like it was haunted, so never mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Sung Jae asks why Moon Young went there out of the blue. Song Yan says it's because some idiot did a background check on someone and showed Moon Young without telling him. Zam. Sung Jae did it because she figured it'd be better than losing her life for not doing the job. Inside the mansion, doors start closing and rattling on their own as Moon Young is walking around. Apparently ghosts are real in this show. Yeah, I just... Mm, no thank you <laughs> right i'm also like what a weird why did the show come out during spring and summer this is a halloween show it really is i mean i'm glad it did but <laughs> it's <got> halloween vibes <laughs> did i finish that sentence i don't remember inside the mansion doors start closing and rattling on their own as moon young is walking around moon young places a talisman on the table that she stole from the director's <laughs> office <laughs> so random Dinner is being, oh, next, dinner is being cooked, and Jaesu is excited, but Juri gives him a look that makes him say, hey, sweetie, open wide, and feeds Kante, who eats it happily? I was also confused by that. <laughs> I just, I had to watch it a few times, because I was like, what is going on? I, I guess, like, everybody is just like, yes, Gante is the favorite, like, take care of him. He is number one. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like rude to feed yourself first. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, yeah. Maybe Gongtae's the oldest. No, because Sangtae's the the oldest. Yeah. Is Gongtae the youngest? Would that make a difference? Well, because I think there is a thing where it's like whoever is the most senior or the oldest, like, eats first, and that indicates everyone else can eat. But... I don't know how Gangtae would fit into that. I don't know. I, don't know I really either. don't. So, yeah, I don't know. It might have just been her being like, you need to cool it, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And the conclusion from the dinner is that Kante is the chosen one for jury. <laughs> uh, me, like, immediately, I was like, I saw Judy's looks and I, or look at him, and I was like, she's trying to get herself a ban. And then, like, literally, <laughs> the mom is like, I'm trying to get myself a son in law. <laughs> Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, who can blame her, though? I mean, same. yeah, honestly, the same. if he just showed up at your house, why would you not? <laughs> exactly. Maybe JC was doing that because he was trying to look good in front of Judy. Oh, maybe. Just there thought about go. that. Maybe. Moon is sleeping, and creepy things start to happen, like it gets cold and welcome is written on the frost on the window and water starts leaking from the walls and wet footprints track through the house a story is being told that in a castle in the middle of the deep forest lived a princess who had been asleep for many years a needle on a spinning wheel will kill her that was the curse the evil witch put on the princess the day she was born Frightened, the king burned every spinning wheel in his kingdom to avoid the curse but the princess ended up pricked getting pricked by a thorn on a rose given to her by the witch in disguise and fell asleep. So it's like that was like a slightly altered version of Sleeping Beauty. So we're just getting told fairy tales. But yeah. twisted fairy tales. Yeah, that, it definitely seems like a theme. And I've noticed, yeah, the episode titles yeah. seem to be some kind of fairy tale, which is cool. Like dark, yeah. very like grim fairy tales. Yes. 
And then there's a ghost hovering above Moonyoung when she opens her eyes. That was terrifying. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I checked over my shoulder so many times. (laughs) So irrational. (laughs) She's the sleeping beauty. Yeah. The story continues that this fairy tale tells you that you can never escape your destiny. Right. The prince's kiss. The narrator supposes... He could break the curse, but she shouldn't get her hopes up too high. I couldn't tell if the mom was speaking or if Moonyoung was speaking, so I just said the narrator. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think fair either way. And the ghost caresses the side of Moonyoung's face because the ghost will kill that prince, and Moonyoung starts to cry. We get another memory of young Moonyoung at a lake, hearing someone under the water say, save me, please, and shouting as they come above the water and the memory is broken when Moonyoung wakes. She starts to cry and remembers what Conte said about the butterfly hug method and he's there sitting on the bed next to her. I'm, assume she, I'm assuming she's dreaming this up. He tells her not to cry and she's doing the butterfly hug method to calm herself down. And that whole, like, water scene, I was not about it because it reminded me of, like, one of the first few episodes of Supernatural. And I hated that episode because it terrifies me to this day. I hate it. And so I was like, oh, no, it's like the kid in the water in the lake and I don't like it. Yeah. So, like, I mostly tried to, like, not watch that scene but it's like i have to take notes it's your claymation time it's payback i hate it no and i I thought it was funny that she had like a fantasy about him but it was very like comfort me i think that's kind of like her inner sweet side for lack of a better word yeah no yeah i agree the next morning, Moo Young is on the phone with Song In, who is complaining about the mess she's made. He says to forget it, and they'll gather some reporters, and she can cry her eyes out. Instead, she suggests using Ko Dae-hwan as an excuse, her father. She tells him to write down that Moo Young has disappeared, and, but it turns out she's been looking after her father with dementia. Will she retire from her career? Question mark? Mm-hmm. And she hangs up. At the OK psychiatric hospital and assemblyman's son guido oh i put a question mark next to it because i was like i think that's his name is in one of the rooms and he starts doing a strip tease dance yes. oh my gosh without the context it was so bizarre i mean it's still pretty bizarre <laughs> but i'm just imagining also like the casting call for this role of just like yeah you're gonna be like right? naked like 90 percent of the time also you're gonna like wet yourself multiple times <laughs> like that's this character but, like, why did this character every time he like looked at like he was like running around and doing all these things i was like why do you like vaguely remind me of inho <laughs> <gasps> like looks wise or personality wise more looks, but like a little, a little, a yeah, little bit why. personality. Okay, just I was like say, how I chaotic why I asked that he is. I thought about it. <laughs> it's like, when did Inno ever strip? See, again, I told no. you this yesterday, but I, he looks exactly like Yang Yang from Wavy to me. Oh. So it's like that's all I could see is my little, my little son. Well, <laughs> He's like twenty years Yang old. Yang. Yang, they're Yang. both beautiful. Wavy. Oops, I didn't want his age, but thanks Oops. for his age. He's 19. Oh, I don't even yeah. know him. Yeah. Well, I'm using his Korean age, okay? They 
do look a lot alike. It's wow. mainly in the lips. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. But yeah, talk about a character that at first I was like, this guy is so weird. But now I'm like, right? I will protect this man with my life. <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. Ugh. Anyway, he starts doing this striptease dance, which one of the nurses tries to watch. Get it. <laughs> I mean, you know, get your, your entertainment be... where you can at work. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think her name is Hang Hangja Hangja sure stops oh yeah yeah, yeah. the like lead nurse yeah 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 she stops that by covering the screen with a clipboard but we kind of get to see it anyway (laughs) and it's just like this black was it just a black box I think they kept like changing around like they stickers, kept changing what it was. and like one point yes. it was like an elephant. Head. It was an elephant. <laughs> I was like, "All right." That was like really happy. It was like, "It's just like that's a, that's a tiny penis." And the elephant got sad. <laughs> this show really went there. <laughs> and he's like, "It's cold." Which, like, again, it's, like, it's so hard for my brain not to be, like, what was he actually wearing? Like, how do you even do that role? I know. I know. Oh, my God. It was so good, though. <laughs> Conte enters while this man is butt-ass naked and tells him there's a camera in the room. Kido says he knows, and the thought of someone looking at him intently gets him so excited. <laughs> I wish he hadn't said that. Because now I'm just, like, even more is coming to my mind. Conte tells him to get changed I like how Conte though just like is not phased because like he's like like Guido has like positioned himself where he's like legs wide open and Conte's just like yeah yeah okay Conte's like I've seen better (laughs) I've seen better (laughs) I am not impressed Conte tells him to get changed, but he very much doesn't want to. They're talking about Guido at the nurse's station, about how he comes in every spring due to his manic episodes. Hangja? I'm probably butchering that. (laughs) Chides the two nurses for how they speak about Guido because... Is is that how he said with Guido? Yeah. Okay, just making sure because it just sounds... It always makes me think of Greedo from Star Wars. (laughs) Greedo. Because does the president never get a cold? It's not like his condition is something he has to hide. Which yes. I was like, snaps for her. Indeed, I was just snapping. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse, Chaeyoung, shouldn't deal with patients with such bias. He cuts her off saying he'll remember that. I really don't like him. Guido is chatting with Kang Tae about how he went to a club called Morning Sun and he paid for everyone's drinks all night and we get this really nice club scene. Heck yes. Where everybody's partying. And the bill was 20 million won which is roughly $16,782. Oh my gosh. But the credit card was reported missing. Guido's father completely blindsided him and he has no choice but to run out onto the street to try to lose them and he got hot because he had been running for a while, so that's why he took off all of his clothes. That's why. Love how they censored him with an FBI warning. Yes. 
for the agent watching over my shoulder and <laughs> through my camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be warned. And now Guido is in the hospital again. Later, Conte's on the phone with Sangte asking him what he's doing. He's playing in the dough at Jesu's restaurant, but I don't think Conte knows dough. that. I don't know. Based on a later conversation, I don't think Conte knows Sangte is there. Yeah. Anyway. And did Conte know that Jesu is rich, <laughs> which confuses Conte? Sante hangs up because they have customers. It's like the weirdest looking pizza shop. Like it looks very I know. sleek, but that's not what I'd imagine a pizza shop to look no, like. No, I was like looking at it and I was thinking this looks like an ice cream shop. Yeah, like it definitely looks like a dessert or like a tea place or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Not pizza. I agree. I agree. That being said, I'm always down for pizza, so I'm not mad at like Dude, accidental pizza shop. I had pizza last night, and, but like good greasy pizza, Ugh. not store-bought pizza. Papa John's nice. is not sponsored. And <laughs> for anyone who thinks we're sponsored by Papa John's. <laughs> and it was so... Oh, yes. It's just like it wasn't your best good life. greasy pizza. And I also had a soda with it. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you gotta. Every once in a while, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. I just, every time I eat pizza like that, I'm like, I have to have a soda with it. It just, in my brain, that's like the perfect yeah meal. Yeah. Is soda and pizza. It would have been better if they had Coke, but the Pattersons didn't have Coke. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we won't blame them. <laughs> uh, after... Conte gets hung up on. Chayang comes out and says they need to move the patients to the therapy room. But Sante, however, is worried about Conte finding out that he didn't even go to school and that he's lied to him. Conte will get him kicked out for sure, but Jesu reassures him he's doing a good thing by doing caricatures of customers who come in and buy a full pizza. <laughs> it's a great deal. Yeah, great deal. Back at OK Psychiatric Hospital, Mu Young is there to teach her class in the most glorious outfit yes. ever. I'm so obsessed with this outfit she's wearing. Ugh, yes. It's so good. The, mm, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> just the, the belt <laughs> just to about skirt it. ratio is just yes. glorious. It's so good. And then you just got the long boots with it. Yes. I wish. I, I, could, I would if I could. <laughs> Me too. She asks them what is a fairy tale. Her definition is that a fairy tale is a cruel fantasy that illustrates the brutality and violence of this world in a paradoxical manner. I'm just impressed I got through that. <laughs> you should be. Round of applause. Thank you. She gives the example of Hyungbu and Nolbu. It teaches that Hyungbu was poor because he wasn't the eldest son. It criticizes the primogeniture customs that allowed the eldest sons to inherit everything. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. I always said like primogeniture, but I don't know that that's right at all. I've never before have seen this word in my the life, so I have I no idea how to pronounce because it. Because I played um, turn-based medieval RPG games, so I decided my kingdom, whether it was inherited that way or not, that's the only time I've come across it. As most things are. It's just based on video games in my life. How did you pronounce it? Primogeniture, but that does not sound right. 
primogeniture. Primogeniture. Sort of close. <laughs> yeah, primogeniture. Okay. There we go. Can't believe you're not talking about successive lines all the time. <laughs> Comes up every day. <laughs> no, can't they. <laughs> Okay, so it criticizes the primogeniture customs that allowed the eldest sons to inherit everything. Yeah. What about the ugly duckling? The lesson is raising someone else's child is unrewarding, so just look after your own. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no. It's again, she like knows all these fairy tales, but she's like twisting them on their heads. Yeah, for sure. The Little Mermaid? The lesson is that karma will bite you hard if you cover, covet a engaged man. <laughs> Sorry, my phone autocorrected it to just cover instead oh. of covet. No, I was laughing at her. But. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, that, no. A man raises his hand and asks about, I hope I wrote this down right, King Donkey's Ears? The lesson, she says, is... To talk behind people's backs to relieve your stress. <laughs> the summary of that day's lesson is that a fairy tale isn't a hallucinogen that gives you hopes and dreams. It's a stimulant that makes you face reality. <laughs> Sorry, my notes auto-corrected to SOS. He hopes. <laughs> SOS. I think I think he's supposed to say she hopes they read a lot of fairy tales and wake up from their dreams. And Conte cannot believe her. Just the look on his face. Yeah. Is just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably warranted. Yeah. <laughs> After she asks him how her first class was, she he asks if she really believes that. That they'll be fine once they accept reality. And she says, yes. This is who I am, and you are who you are. They just need to accept that. Conte asks, what if they're okay with it when the entire world doesn't think that way? They all refuse to accept. She interrupts him with a yawn. She apologizes because what he was saying was so boring, she almost <laughs> fell asleep. Gosh. They leave the room, and she tells him to accept the fact that he's not satisfied. You'll never be satisfied. satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> she can see his eyes are burning with desire. That's why she likes him. He's arrogant, but shallow. That was such an interesting thing to say. I know. Arrogant, but shallow. Also <laughs> rude. <laughs> well, yes, as most things she says. Inherently, so. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. She's noticed that he always smiles at patience. But he's always cold towards her. He was really passionate that night. What is she talking about? She dreamt of him a few days ago. <laughs> the dream, he hugged her and did the butterfly method. And Conte looks horrified to hear this. I know. Which is so funny. I like how she leads him on with like, you're so passionate. I know. <laughs> and you did she's... the butterfly method. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, yes, I'm horny. I admit it. I know. Again, I was like, pause, we're on episode three. Okay, okay, I'm looking forward to what's to come. <laughs> I know. But I'm ching. 
He tells her to lower her voice before he walks away. She shouts after him, oh. do you want to sleep with me? And he rushes it. back over to her to drag her away. I hate it. Imagine doing that at someone's workplace. It's I know. Awful. That's all I could think about. I was like, you were at his place of work. Like, like I've kind of, oh if he had God. gone down and slapped her, I would have been like, deserved. <laughs> like, that me is, too. That's mortifying. Too. <laughs> I am surprised he hasn't smacked her yet. He's because... been so patient with her, honestly. So patient. Like, I mean, there's like the 5% of me that's like, I love it. But the majority of me is like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Conte puts a hand on the side of her head and says. (laughs) She says nothing. (laughs) And says that he told her to stop. He's sick of her jokes. He doesn't have time to play with her. Moonyoung says. That means if he had time, he'd play along. (laughs) He tells her not to jump to conclusions. Why live a boring life? He'll get sick if he suppresses himself like that. If he wants to have fun, then have fun. She knows he wants to have fun. What does she know about him? Who is she to act like this? Moonyoung calls him a hypocrite. This makes Kangtae back up. She wonders why he's so startled. It's not like she called him a murderer. What's that look on his face? People are all hypocrites. We all live with a lot of hatred and we act like it's not the case. She leans in towards him saying, after all, who isn't flawless? Which, that felt like a typo. Yeah, it would make more sense to be who is flawless, right? Yeah. Or like, who isn't flawed? Yeah, yeah, either way. But, I mean, who isn't flawless? Who isn't flawless? (laughs) Embrace it. Embrace it. <laughs> Wake up, flawless. Post up, flawless. Flawless. Post on that, flawless. Sorry. Go off. <laughs> <laughs> and then Moon Young leaves. Moon Young walks past her father, seeing the scars on his arms and remembering what he did to her. And he seems to recognize her. And he kind of freaks out a little bit. Which, honestly, she should be the one freaking out. Yeah. I do feel, I feel like there's a puzzle piece. Like, there's a connective tissue of the story yeah. that we're missing there. But I did think yeah. the whole interaction with her and Gong Tae was so interesting. And I liked what you said earlier about, like, twisting the fairy tales. Because she really, she is twisted. Like, she is twisted, but she twists everything. Yeah. Like, she's able, true. like, every way she sees the world and everything someone says, like, she's able to twist it back on them. And it mm-hmm. is just, like, an embodiment of twisted. I, I just find her so fascinating. <laughs> and probably as in most things the reality is somewhere between the two of them where Gangtae can let go a little bit but yeah Boonyoung probably just like forcing him to have fun is not a great option yeah Sangtae is at the psychiatric hospital when Juri finds him and Gangtae isn't answering his phone she tells him to wait there while she tells a nurse something, and when she turns around, Sangtae is gone. Uh, That's because uh, Sangtae uh, is magic. following Moonyoung. It's not magic, it's <laughs> Moonyoung. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Moonyoung. <laughs> but Kangtae catches up to him and stops him in the garden and takes him back. Nurse Byol stops Moonyoung in the parking lot, saying she can't leave because her father still needs to go on his walk. Moonyoung asks why she would do that. Byol heard that was why Moonyoung decided to teach there, but Moonyoung didn't make any promises, and she drives off. 
Oh, I loved this upcoming scene so much. Songte is meeting with the director, and they're not talking to each oh, other. Yes. <laughs> Songte gets up to leave, but the director says Stegosaurus, which is Songte's keychain. It has a huge body, but a tiny brain. It's the dumbest dinosaur among all dinosaurs, but it's also very innocent. The director asks if Songte's keychain dinosaur has a name. Songte says his name is Ku Dildong. Gildong? Kildong? After a while, the director calls Songte in, and Songte is explaining everything about himself, about his favorite dinosaur book, his favorite jellies, and the hat that the director is wearing is the one he wears when he draws. The director thinks Songte likes him. Kante asks if Songte said anything about butterflies. The director says no, but today was Songte's first day, so he's sure it'll come up eventually. The director shows Songte the scenery and asks Songte if he can help him move it somewhere else, which is such an interesting way to ask somebody to paint something. I know, I was kind of confused for a few seconds there. Yeah, but I'd like it. I was like, is he going to build a new building? <laughs> yeah. He wants Songte to paint a mural of the view on one of the walls in the hospital. Songte asks, how much money will the director pay? <laughs> Get it, Songte. Songte will do it if he's paid a lot. The director yeah. says that depends on Songte's drawing, which I'm like, yes, you're an artist. Demand your worth. <laughs> Demand it. <laughs> No drawing should be free. Yes. At home, Songte is putting money in his tin when Kante sees and says, Songte is rich. Songte hides it behind his back because he doesn't want to show it to anyone until he reaches his goal. Kante says, but he's family. And Songte says that to an autistic person, family members are like close strangers. Oh, that hurt. That hurt so bad. He did. Because, like, I understand, but, oh, God, to yeah. be Gongte, that would hurt so much. And especially seeing what we know about Gongte's childhood, it really hurt. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm just crying over here. I mean, me too. Gongte uh, asks how much Songte plans to save up, and Songte needs... 32,890,000 won, which is roughly 27,598 nice. US dollars. I feel like you always get the conversions. I like never get a sum <laughs> that I have to convert. <laughs> I just like to know because it's like 32,890,000 seems like so much money. Right. But then when it's converted, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that's still I, like a large sum it of money. Is. But like not as astronomical as I think yeah, it is. Yeah, you got to move that comma over. Well, I guess I'm just saying like, I feel like you always get the large sums. Mine's always like $10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. What is he going to buy? A car. Why all, why all of a sudden? Is that also a secret? And it seems to be. Okay, Conte says. He won't ask. However, Sangte then hands him a flyer for a walkthrough van camping car. Why does Sangte want it? If they buy it, they won't have to move every year. They can run away even if the butterfly chases them. They don't need to pack up and move somewhere else. Then the landlord won't get angry with Conte. They can go anywhere. So sweet. He's so sweet. Kante hugs him and says that he doesn't need a house, a car, or money. All he needs is Sangte and remembers Munyang calling him a hypocrite. 
Hong Tae shakes his head and says he means it. Song Tae is his everything. <laughs> oh, I would die for this brotherhood. Me too, okay? Oh, like sobbing. Bromance to the next level, real bros. <laughs> real bros. <laughs> yes, oh my god. <laughs> the next day, a politician is on TV promising to get rid of OK Psychiatric Hospital. The man speaking on TV, yeah, is Guido's father, who is getting treated at their very hospital. At least, well, Guido is being treated at that very hospital. And that's because the man cares more about his job than his son. Woof. And that very man, Guido, has escaped his room <laughs> and is running through the hospital, causing havoc. In the car with Jury, Conte is looking at camping vans. Jury asks if he's going camping. No, he's just looking. One of her friends rents out camping vans. Her and Conte should go on a trip together sometime. Mm. And there's a pause. And then Conte says, let's go when we get the same day off. Get it, Judy. <laughs> Mm, she's just going like skipping straight to the let's go on a trip together yeah i mean she already got him to move to the same city as her yeah well and in the same house like yeah she's just putting a lot of carts before this horse (laughs) yes i don't know that it's gonna turn out well but hey you never know yeah you never know he then gets a call that guido escaped it appears he exposed himself to moon young outside she gets out of her car looks at him then looks down at his dick and says is that what people would call a teeny weeny weeny <laughs> because he's tiny oh my gosh moon young he says it's cold that's why and he covers himself <laughs> teeny weeny weeny <laughs> oh i love this so much <laughs> that's one way to get a man to cover up right that's what they call a teeny weeny weeny (laughs) like and i want to know what the original is because that translation is just like a chef's kiss like props to whoever translated that because it's beautiful (laughs) is this a teeny weeny weeny (laughs) (laughs) poor guido (laughs) poor guy she knows Conte is on his way back to work and tells Guido to get in. In the car, Guido stands through the sunroof of her car and screams for her to go faster. They're about to cross paths with Conte and Jurdy. Jurdy stops the car and Conte gets out to stop Moon Young. She speeds up her car before stopping right in front of him and it appears Guido peed himself thinking they were going to hit him. Oh. <laughs> I think it also is like he just does that is the implication. Yeah, apparently. Which, ugh, yeah. Yeah. Conte yells for Moon Young to get out of the I couldn't tell if he was yelling at Moon Young to get out of the car or for Guido to get out of the car. I don't I couldn't oh, tell. Oh, I kind of assumed it was Moon Young, but yeah, probably both I of them. I did too. She wonders why he's always so angry at her. <laughs> I wonder. Because, yeah, and that's because she makes him get angry. Why not just ignore her? You're kind of hard to ignore, ma'am. Yeah, also you like stole one of my patients, so and kind of almost ran me over. <laughs> yeah. He should always be careful not to be caught off guard. And then she drives off with Guido still in the car. Mm-hmm. Hong Tae then borrows Judy's car to go after them, leaving her there on the side I of the know. road. Poor Judy. <laughs> Poor Judy. Uh. And they basically have a car chase. 
Then they drive past people campaigning for Guido's father, and he stands up through the sunroof, telling them not to. Then a cop tells them to pull over, and of course she doesn't. They stop at a campaign rally, and Guido's father is there, and Muyang tells him to get out because they're going to have fun there. Mm. Guido runs up on stage and introduces himself as Mansu's youngest son. As they can see, he's mentally ill. He's the ugly duckling of the family, the embarrassment. Kangtae catches up to them. Then, Guido continues saying, I'm the stupid one in the family, but it's not my fault. I was just born a little dumb. But he hit me because I didn't get good grades. He looked down on me because I couldn't understand properly. He locked me up for causing trouble. I mean, I was also his child. But he treated me like I was invisible. I just wanted his attention, you see. I just wanted him to look at me. So I did tons of crazy stuff to get his attention. I just ended up going crazy. Finally, security tries to go after him and he grabs the mic as he dodges them and says, Look at me. Take a look at number one, Juan Mansoon's son. And watching Guido makes Conte imagine that it's himself up there instead for like a few seconds. Yeah, I felt like that was a little overboard, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Munyang says he's having so much fun, don't you agree? Kangtae asks, should I have fun with you? Should I do that? Mm. And then we see Guido's story of him going to the club again while he's in the psychiatric hospital. That was so cute. And he's just like, and I'm here and I'm back in the hospital again. And that is the end of episode three. Yeah, that, that ending scene, I mean... Guido. Yeah, what is there to say about it? Like, probably baddest of all bad dads. <laughs> like, yeah, oh it definitely, God. I think it was nice because I think it put a new perspective on, you know, oh, this kid's just crazy running around stripping off all his clothes. And then it's like, oh, oh, he mm-hmm. had a really horrible life. Yeah. And it just gets even worse in the next episode. Yes. And I think something about the way that he's like, he's very emotional and he's crying, but he kind of has that sad smile on his face. Like he's yeah. almost laughing at himself and his predicament. And like, I'm still not taking this seriously. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, isn't it funny how my dad like ruined my life? And like, that somehow makes it more sad. Like, it's like, if he really thought about it, it would kill him kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Ugh. And yeah, it's very interesting that Gongtae connected with it to that degree. I know. Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> very good episode, I think. <laughs> very yeah, very solid episode. Wasn't expecting to go through so many emotions Seriously? in one episode. But here we are. But here we are. <laughs> On to the next. Episode four. Zombie Kid. we hear a news report on the incident with Guido and how it will probably affect the election since his dad was exposed for being a capital B bad dad (laughs) like the worst the worst especially when Guido is just so good like if you treated him normally he would have been the best boy right but whatever (sighs) Dr. O thinks this means the assemblyman will have to resign, while Hengja, the head nurse, wonders what he's going to do about Moon Yang, since she's the one who caused this to happen. He doesn't give a clear answer. 
We go back three hours to see Guido finally being dragged off stage. Gongtae goes to leave, but Moonyoung stops him. I thought you wanted to have fun. Gongtae denies ever saying that. It's like, lies. Lies. <laughs> we have you on camera. <laughs> HD. HD. <laughs> Moonyoung tells him she must have done the right thing kidnapping Guido since Gongtae didn't try to stop him on stage, which I'm very conflicted on, honestly. I think just because something ends up okay doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing. But also, I don't think it was an inherently bad thing to do either for her to kind of encourage this whole thing. I agree. Because I guess it's also just really hard to know where she's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Is some strong water there? <laughs> Who said it was water? I know. <laughs> it's six o'clock. It like you went do down. You. It went down the wrong way. <laughs> no, yeah, I can... I completely agree because we said the same thing in Cheese in the Trap because we yes, don't know exactly. <laughs> Jong's intention. So how like it, it's really morally gray because it's like, yes, it ends up OK, but does that make it OK? Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know that there's an answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just glad that it, it helps Guido to get better. Yeah, exactly. So it's like in the end, I'm really not upset with her. Yeah. Because it is really what he needed. Yeah. And it's sweet. It's sweet. One of Guido's family members comes up then to threaten them. If anything happens to the assemblymen because of them, they'll pay. Oh no, I'm so scared, Moon Young mocks. And the man goes <laughs> to hit her. Right? But just insane. But Gong Tae coolly grabs his hand, saying, Watch yourself. The man again threatens them and walks away, while Moon Young is impressed with Gong Tae's defensive moves, as she should be. Judy comes running up to say that Guido wants to talk with Gongte. Guido asks Gongte not to get angry with Moonyang. She made all his wishes come true today. Judy runs over to Guido's family, who is loading his dad into an ambulance. Like, why is he gotta be so dramatic? Seriously. She asks for one of them to come along with him to the hospital, but surprise, they're assholes and don't want to go, except for Guido's mom, who says she'll meet up with them later. Guido is super happy to see her, but she immediately slaps him across the face. She cries and asks if he's happy now that he's humiliated them. Why did you have to be born dumb and get treated that way? Why do you always act out only to make my heart ache so much? Why couldn't you just stay quiet? She starts wailing and hitting him until Judy pulls her off. Guido just looks stunned and sad. He tries to kind of laugh it off, but then tells Gongte, I realized something when she slapped me. She doesn't hate me. She loves me like crazy. You can tell when you're the one getting hit. When someone hits you with affection, it somehow doesn't make you feel upset. And yes, all the all the gesturing you're doing in the background, yes. I am so ready to throw hands. I was so... Right? So I was like, okay, like, I need to be able to crawl through this screen right now because I am getting arrested. I am physically assaulting every single one of these people who have ever hurt this poor boy right Let's go i'm ready <laughs> and it's like the implication that like he has been so used to apathy and people just ignoring him that like getting slapped across the face he's like so excited and so happy and so great like that is yeah because it's attention yes it's so depressing <gasps> and it's like yeah i wonder why he like strips his clothes off and runs through places of course he's starving for attention. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I... Mm, this was the most angry I've been watching this show. I was so angry. Yeah, I mean, it hits hard. Yeah, just... Mm, mm. Here, here we go. We can hate this family if we need to hate somebody. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Found found the ones we can hate. Found them. <laughs> we then see a memory from Gong Tae. His mom is hitting him and yelling at him for sending Song Tae home by himself. We see Song Tae's face is bruised and bloody, but he's still smiling. Then we see the three of them walking in the rain. Their mother keeps fretting after Song Tae, seeming not to even notice when Gong Tae stays behind, getting soaked. We then see her speaking drunkenly to what I assume is her husband's shrine. Mm -hmm. She promises not to die young like him. She'll live to see Song Tae grow old and then die the next day. Gong Tae wakes up and she goes to hug him. She tells him he needs to stay by Song Tae's side until the day he dies. His job is to keep his brother safe, okay? That's why I gave birth to you. <sighs> Gong Tae's smile slowly fades and he pulls away from her hug. Oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, like, woof. Big woof. <laughs> Gong Tae got inhoed by his own mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's really rough. Oh, no. Like, that's just, I get she was drunk, but, like, the fact that that's the truth... I know. Ugh. Oh my god, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Poor yeah. Gang Tae. Back in the present, Judy tells Gang Tae they need to get back to the hospital, but he goes to get in Moon Young's car instead. In the passenger seat, which, need I remind you, someone peed in. Right? <laughs> like, we're just gonna skip over that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's already been cleaned up, you know. Maybe. Maybe he cleaned happen. it up. Maybe he cleaned it up before he sat down. Seems like maybe Gong Tae just does not care. <laughs> I mean, he's worked in psychiatric hospitals right? for over a decade. So, he's I mean. He's probably been through worse. Yeah. I mean, he got vomited on on the first episode. So, pee is nothing. It's At least pee is sterile. <laughs> that may be a lie. Hold on. I need to know if pee is sterile. I was going to say. I was like, that sounds bizarre, but you go. <laughs> Is P sterile? I mean, that's gonna mess with your history right there. <laughs> it is sterile. Nice. Drop in some truth bombs on us. Nice. <laughs> Opinionated, but you're always spitting straight facts. Wait, what? Wait, but this says P isn't sterile. I'm so mm. confused. In my opinion, P is sterile. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not sterile. Oh, it turns out they don't really know. <laughs> No one's committing the resources to find out the <laughs> truth. So it might be there are, it's, pee isn't sterile, but you don't have bad germs in good pee. <laughs> we'll just assume Guido has some great pee. I love that this is what we're getting hung up on. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I just. I wanted to know the answer. No, I hey, you're out there bu busting myths, you know. So I know pee is not sterile. I lied, okay. but it's not inherently bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pee is neutral good on the alignment scale. <laughs> it is a true neutral because it says urine is not sterile, and neither is the rest of you. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. <laughs> this article says, let's say you find yourself lying at the bottom of a ravine with a dirt-filled gash on your leg. According to the internet, the first thing you want to do is pee on your wound. What? After all, the common wisdom holds urine is sterile. Yeah, I was never told that. I was never told that either. Like, I would never pee on somebody's wound. Well, it's like 
I don't think either way. I don't think it's going to be like an antibacterial function. Like if we could produce that, that would be insane. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I had to read out that beginning of that article because I was like, I have never read on the internet or have been told to pee on an open wound. (laughs) If you were told that. I know people have said like pee on like jellyfish things yeah. that is a myth don't do that man everybody's just trying to get you to pee on yourself <laughs> <laughs> what is with this it's probably some frat dudes who are like yeah let me pee is. on you it's totally fine whereas in my family that frat dude was my oldest sister <laughs> <laughs> we all have that frat dude <laughs> frat dude knows no gender <laughs> no creed no religion <laughs> I almost got a spit take here. You did. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So because of the pee, Jerry has to drive back alone, which she is none too happy about. It's not because of the pee. In the car, Moonyoung tells Gongtae to let her know when he wants to have some fun. She'll kidnap him. Flower petals are once again falling down on them. Symbolism? Mm Mm-hmm. Gongtae brushes her off, but Moonyoung insists, when you want to run away, I'll run away with you right there and then. They're driving through just all the petals, and it's gorgeous. Gongtae is entranced, but Moonyang doesn't like it and rolls up the window. She prefers magnolias. The whole petal falls at once without hesitation. They're just like her. What's your favorite flower? She asks Gongtae. But he doesn't like flowers, because he doesn't like when spring comes. It means he'll have to leave again. So sad. Sung Jae gleefully reports to Mr. Lee that the injunction against Zombie Kid got approved. Mr. Lee chews her out for being so happy when the company is going bankrupt. He struggles with what to do, ultimately landing on Gong Tae. He grabs his jacket and takes off. Moon Young manages to wrangle a meal out of Gong Tae, but he takes her to get ramen at a convenience store. Gong Tae takes a call outside <laughs> while Moon Young mutters that he's cheap and she hates Scrooges. Sorry, call- it made me think of cheese in the trap again. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for her to be like, what is this? How do I eat triangle kimbap? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. The call is from Mr. Lee. He wonders if Moon called Gong Tae pretty and said she wanted him, which, of course, she did. Mr. Lee warns that they're both in a state of emergency then. She's going to devour Gong Tae whole. And since Zombie Kid got banned, Moon can't afford to be spending time away right now. She needs to start writing her next book. Mr. Lee is coming to the rescue, though, so just hold on and stay alive. Gongtae doesn't tell Moonyang about the call, but he does ask about her new book. He heard it was banned. Was it because of what she did for Songtae? Moonyang tells him that if all she did was curse and pull a man's hair, she wouldn't. This wouldn't have happened. It's because idiots think the storyline is grotesque and can't see the message behind it. What's the message? Gongtae asks. Moonyang says she wants him to read it. She wants to know his thoughts. I'm too old for fairy tales, Gongtae tells her, but Moonyang says she thinks he's just the right age. She's just like a little kid, but he's even more of a kid than she is. She reaches out to sort of pet his head. It's more of a caress than a pet-pet. Because I can see you want to be loved, she says. Oh. And don't we all? I think I say that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell anymore. I think that's you. <laughs> don't we all? Just I mean, kind of, because I, I don't know. She says it with such like, significance and i'm kind of like well doesn't everybody want to be loved well i took it as like he hasn't had that need met by anyone he's like still yeah i think that's true yeah he's like desperate for it yeah at the hospital guido is sedated but still smiling and rubbing his cheek as he happily thinks of his mom slapping him (laughs) 
A whole group is gathered in Dr. O's office to discuss the incident. He thinks they'll probably get sued by Guido's dad. I just like how the guy was like, again? I know. <laughs> what are you guys getting sued for? Uh, I mean, it's a hospital. I'm sure they get sued all the time. I guess, yeah. But, you know, doctors have special protection and all that. One of the doctors, Minsock, suggests they fire Moon Yang since she kidnapped someone. But Dr. O argues she didn't really kidnap anyone. Guido got in the car witty- willingly. Wittingly. Wittingly. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's like he's not technically mentally stable just based on the fact that he's in a mental hospital. So does he have the capacity to consent to getting into somebody's car? You're getting into it, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, yeah, her stealing him away and being like, yeah, like, lean out the sunroof and all that stuff. Probably not great actions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, everyone wants Munyang gone, but Dr. O guesses that Judy and Munyang have history. Yes, they knew each other for a while when they were young. Dr. O asks for her opinion then. Judy agrees. They should fire her. Dr. O looks disappointed. And says they're not in a rush, so let's check on the patient's condition before we decide. In the car ride back from lunch, Gangte asks Munyang why she doesn't take her father outside for walks. She promised the hospital director, Promises are trash, Munyang tells him. <laughs> I got what I wanted, and that's all that matters. He has dementia. His body is empty. Why would I waste my time on something like that? Oof. It would be better if he just died. Oof. Yeah. Gangte looks disturbed as Munyang continues, Why did your parents die? Gong Tae doesn't like that she knows this, and he wants to know how she found out. Moon Yang tells him about her background check, just like checking the expiration date on items before buying them. Gong Tae asks if people are like stuff then? Moon Yang asks, what's the difference? Children abandon their parents when they grow old. Parents favor the child that makes them happy and abandon the one that's dumb and useless. Gong Tae tells her to stop the car. He forces the wheel to the side of the road and gets out. Moon Yang chases him down. Why are you angry? I forgot, Gangte tells her, that you're different from other people. I must have unknowingly expected something from you. What did you expect out of me? Munyang asks, sort of flirtily. Gangte shakes his head. It's gone now. And he walks off. I love you, Munyang calls after him. Gangte stops. Like we see Munyang give a predatory smile. I love you, Gangte, she says again. Gangte thinks for a moment, sighs, and keeps walking as Munyang continues to yell after him that she loves him. She looks desperate, close to tears, but Gangte just keeps walking. That was the moment when she said, I love you, and he stopped. I went, keep walking. Yes. I said it to the screen. I was like, keep walking, and he did, and I went, good boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's definitely like... It's not beyond what I'd expect from her, but it's so manipulative. It's oh my god! It's so gosh. manipulative, especially after she's like, I can tell you, like, you're still a child and you just yes! want love. And so she's just like, I love you. And it's like, yeah, like, oh, oh sorry, that was not cute. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, I know you're dealing, you know, like, you also just want to be loved, but ugh. Yeah. It's like, you don't actually love him. No, no, there's no way. No you way. Just, there's no you, way. You do, I mean, I think she really does see him like a a possession. Oh, she yeah. wants him. Oh, yeah. As she drives home, Moon Yang wonders what the heck happened. They were getting along just fine. Is he sick in the head? <laughs> no, it's more like you're sick in the head. Exactly. <laughs> the irony. Meanwhile, Gang Tae goes to pick up Song Tae from the vocational school. Song Tae tells his brother that he's going to do it. He's going to draw on the hospital wall. He's going to draw and do other things to earn money for them both. I'm the older brother, so you can count on me. 
precious boy. The best boy. Moon Young arrives home to find Mr. Lee asleep in his car there. <laughs> he begs her to go back to Seoul. If she doesn't show her face to the public, they're going to forget about her. Besides, she can't stay here. This is where her mother... Mr. Lee stops, putting a hand over his mouth. Then why don't you move in with me? Moon Young asks, which makes Mr. Lee bolt out of the house. As she's getting ready for bed, Moon Young brushes her hair and thinks of Gong Tae's words. You're different from others. She remembers her mother brushing her hair and telling her the same thing, saying they're connected and she loves her. In the memory, Moon Young stands in front of a locked room. Inside, we see her mother's body laying in a pool of blood. The blood seeps out under the door, covering Moon Young's feet, but she doesn't react. Like, did she kill her mom? Like, did, did her she mom lock her up? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, like, is... Yeah, the, yeah. my two main questions are, did her mom kill herself and she found her body? Or did she kill her mom because of some reason? Yeah, and, like, that's why her dad thought it was a mon- she was a monster, maybe? Yeah. Monster? I wasn't even going to call you out on it. One day. No, I'm, it's, I'm, it's my own personal development. <laughs> but yeah, and then just like the no. mother being like, you're special. And there's something in it that's Yeah, because like, like it doesn't sound inherently terrible. It like sounds like a loving and doting mother. Right. But it also can- comes off as like her mother kind of sounds like Mother Gothel and she's Ooh, Rapunzel. Yes. I think there's more to unravel in that yeah. story, but yeah, it definitely seems like there's a reason that Moon Young kind of sees herself as so different from everyone because her mother's like, you're different. And that could be in a bad way. Like, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. A la Jong. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Lee is at Jaysu's pizza joint. Judy comes in and Mr. Lee is like immediately head over heels. So <laughs> is Jaysu still. <laughs> Judy wants a drink, so Jaysu asks what's wrong. She never drinks. Something must have happened at the hospital today. Jaysu tries to heroically drink with her, but Judy, bless her, insists he needs to continue working. It's okay, I'll drink alone. I too am drinking alone, Mr. Lee calls out. Would you like to join me? This pizza is too big for one person. Judy says thanks, but no thanks, and Mr. Lee apologizes. <laughs> Aww. Jaysu is wary. <laughs> I mean, just cracked me. Yeah. The way that, like, she was like, uh, no thanks. He was just like, sorry. <laughs> okay. It was very endearing. It was. It was. But yeah, Judy's had a bad day. She had her man stolen. Okay. Yes. And she doesn't need these two other men. Yeah. Working up on her. Also, like, Mr. Lee, like, have some courage and faith. Any pizza is a personal pizza if you try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like a wimp and a coward. Media turn off. <laughs> That's a yeah, Dude. like oh sorry. I was just gonna talk no, about that pizza I always get at H E B. The one that doesn't have any cheese on it, it's just like all veggies on top of it. Oh so good. That you pizza. Go. I'm not sharing that with nobody. That whole pizza is mine. <laughs> you shared it with me one time. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, we watched Train to Busan. You are As the only exception. Yeah. <laughs> The pizza may not have cheese, but you should do. <laughs> Love it. Judy is beating herself up for telling Dr. O to fire Munyang, but still doesn't like that she's there. Mr. Lee is also nursing his drink, muttering about Munyang. Jaysu realizes that it sounds like they're both talking about the same thing. 
Gangte watches so tenderly as Songtae picks out paint supplies. Songtae gets distracted then by these super dope block dinosaur toys. Yeah. <laughs> he starts telling them they're pretty and he wants them. And Gangtae is immediately reminded of Moon Yang's words. She's said basically the same to him, like he's just a toy. Yep. The next day, <laughs> I put... The next day, the Guido's dad. He's now the, the Guido. Guido's dad. The one and only Guido. <laughs> the next day, Guido's dad shows up at the hospital. We also see Judy's mom works at the hospital too. Guido's dad heads upstairs. Hangja tries to stop him, but his bodyguards push her out of the way. Things are very tense as she calls Dr. Oh just before Guido's dad storms in his office. He demands apologies from Dr. Oh, Gong Tae, and Moon Yang. Cha Young runs into the staff room to tell Gong Tae about the situation as Judy goes to call Moon Yang. Gong Tae tells her not to. He'll go in there alone. Judy looks upset at his insistence but doesn't call. Gong Tae goes to the office and the same brother as before says, See, I warned you. Guido's dad asks where that bitch is, and Gongtae tells her she's not coming. She doesn't need to be there since Guido left the hospital of his own will. Guido's dad yells that his idiot son is sick. He locked him away so that he wouldn't be able to wander around. I bet you people did it on purpose since I said I'd shut down the hospital, he accuses. Dr. O tells him that while it may have hurt the assemblyman, the incident helped with Guido's condition. He's well enough to be discharged soon. If you release pent-up emotions while having the spotlight on you, it helps. Guido's dad does not like that at all. He announces that he plans to keep transferring Guido between psychiatric hospitals, effectively keeping him locked away forever. Dr. O jumps up, outraged that he would think to do that to his own son. Guido's dad yells that he doesn't need a son who is completely useless. <sighs> Just, I have no words for how awful this man is. Yeah, it's the absolute worst. I mean, keeping your son locked up. Because <laughs> Gangte says the perfect thing that I was thinking. Yes. Gangte is still standing there silently, but you can just see how much he hates this man, and his words seem to have struck a chord. Gangte finally speaks up. He's useless? Do children have to be useful to their parents? Guido's dad tells him that they all came into this world because their parents needed them. Go ask your parents whether or not they'll need you if you're completely useless. Gongtae yells back, then you shouldn't have had him. Then Guido's dad just slaps Gongtae across the face, saying how dare a mere caregiver say that to him. Dr. O is mad, but doesn't do anything. <sighs> yeah. But Gongtae, you, sa you said it. Like, if... yes. You didn't want to have to deal with him. You shouldn't have had him. Like, ugh. It's like, that's such a messed up idea of like, yeah, I'm right? just having kids because they're useful to me. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Mm -mm, no. That, no. No. Yeah. Like, just you can have that perfect, like, picket fence family kind of thing. Or like, they so that they can add to your status of some, yep. like, mm -hmm. somehow. Like, no, absolutely not. Or, and I mean, I think this is why it struck a chord with Gongte, so they can take care of, they could be like your built-in caretaker. Yeah. It's even more messed up. Yep. We then see Gongte washing off his face in the bathroom. He's clearly riled up and struggling to keep his emotions in check. Sangte is at the hospital being a lovable guy and taking pictures of everything on his little flip phone. It's so One cute. of the patients, I know. One of the patients asks him to take a photo of her and she poses all glamorously. But as Sangte goes to take the photo, a butterfly lands on his finger and he gets very upset. And also I was upset because every time I see a butterfly, I try to get it to land on my finger and it never happens. And he wasn't even asking for it and it happened and I was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. 
<laughs> Butterflies are the cats of the bug world. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hangjaw comes storming into Dr. O's office. You're not going to let the assemblyman do what he wants, right? I will, Dr. O admits. He tells her to look at his computer screen. It's the video of Guido's dad slapping Gongte. Dr. O is thinking of blackmailing him. Guido is getting better, so all he needs to do is punish the jerk who slapped our caregiver. Hangja ensures that she's done nothing to get on Dr. O's bad side, right? He doesn't answer. <laughs> also, I really like her. She reminds me of, like, a Professor McGonagall type. Ooh, yeah. Songtae is planning out the painting at the hospital. We see, we see Moonyang come up behind him in possibly the most glorious braid. Oh, yes. And I, it's, she's, like, wearing that white dress. Yes. With, like... The black kind of yes. like slip underneath. Oh, it looks so good. It looks so good. Uh... Songtae turns around to see her and is shook. Judy walks up to see Songtae and Moonyang taking some selfies together. She does not like this. She asks Moonyang if she's there because they called her, but Moonyang turns away. I thought you wanted me to pretend like I didn't know you. She's there to take her dad for a walk. Someone got mad because I didn't keep my promise, so I'm here to cool him off. Which is also so funny that she thinks that's what Gongtae got mad about. Yeah. <laughs> Gongtae meets up with Songtae, who is drawing a quite excellent portrait of Moonyang. He tells her it's 10,000 won since she didn't order any pizza. <laughs> she goes to pet him, but Gongtae grabs her hand. Don't touch his hair. She asks if he's still mad at her. Look, she's here to take her dad for a walk. Isn't he mad because she didn't keep her word? No. <laughs> yeah. Gongtae asks his brother to go wait in the lobby, but Songtae says he wants to stay with Moonyang. Gongtae loses his cool and yells at Songtae, Do what I say, please. Songtae is shocked at the outburst, and so is everyone around them. But honestly, I'm frankly a little relieved that this man is finally showing some emotion, <laughs> like he is well overdue. He's had a bad day, okay, guys? Yes. <laughs> and it, like, it really made me think like how hard that is. Like, we know he is so committed to Songtae, yeah. and yet it's like he can never really be honest with him and like, mm -hmm. you know, have a bad off day, get a little frustrated, get a little mad like we all do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you really just have had to like zip everything up, you poor boy. Yeah. Moonyang sees the red mark on Gongtae's face. Did someone slap you? Since Songtae still refuses to move, Gongtae grabs Moonyang's wrist and drags her away. Moonyang is chewing Gongtae out. I bet you got hit and you just put up with it like a loser, right? <laughs> Gongtae wonders why she's getting so worked up. Because someone slapped you, Moonyang tells him. So what, he wonders. Does that make your heart hurt or does it make you sad? Moonyang looks very taken off guard. Gongtae keeps asking what she's feeling right now. Even you have no clue what emotion is getting you worked up, he tells her. And maybe also himself, just throwing that out there. Mm. Uh, like he says some like really mean things to her oh yeah all the time and so part of me is, wonders if he's doing that because of what jaysoo said about kongtae not wanting people to get close to him because he doesn't think it's worthwhile mm. to like get relationships because if he's just gonna stay for a year and then have to leave or if he honestly thinks these things of her which is like you're not a very nice person or if like he's <laughs> finally able to like get some of his anger and frustration out and he's like knows she can handle it i don't know i don't know i don't know it's just, i have so many questions as to why he thinks it's okay to talk to her like this yeah acute observation he continues you're all empty inside you're just loud like an empty can so you'd better not act like you know and understand everything about me when you know nothing you're delusional you won't understand me until the day you die. So yeah, I think saying, like, you're empty 
that's i mean what he says here yeah is absolutely extremely harsh yeah i guess i mean it's like i i don't think it's justified at all i think he definitely it's it's bad stuff but i think like you said he's having a really bad day and i think he's just he blew up yeah. And, you know, it is like she has been stalking him and sexually harassing him and doing all these things. And so yeah. I don't think he deserved or she didn't deserve what he said, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's saying it just to get her to go away. Yeah, that might be part of it for sure. Yeah, because it's like maybe if I say this really mean thing, she'll finally just give up and leave me alone. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also like he's kind of projecting a little bit. Because I think that's kind of what he feels. And so he's like, I don't know. It's like when you blow up and you just want to say the meanest thing possible. I and so it's like, am. I don't know. Maybe he unknowingly hit the mark right on the head. Maybe he didn't even know it. Yeah. Moon just keeps staring, saying nothing and betraying nothing as Gong Tae leaves. But once he walks away, we see her eyes are filled with tears as someone watches her from a window. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Back inside, Gong Tae searches for Song Tae. He gets a call from Judy's mom. We see Song Tae hiding under a table in the kitchen, upset because he knows that Gong Tae was annoyed at him. He hates his older brother, Song Tae thinks. He hates me. Oh no, what do I do? Judy's mom tries to lure him out with a bunny carrot, but he doesn't take the bait. She crouches down, trying to tell him Gong Tae is waiting. Let's go home. She pulls his bag away, falling backward and hurting her back, but still Song Tae doesn't move. She goes out and tells Gong Tae that he should leave. She'll bring Song Tae home. She watches him sadly as he leaves. Outside, Moon spies a butterfly on a flower and goes to grab it. Judy comes up behind her then, and she has Moon dad with her. It's time for a walk, and Judy will come along to make sure nothing happens. Do you really not remember? Moon asks her father. You're not just pretending? Judy says to stop provoking him, and Moon leans down into her father's ear, asking, Did you really forget what type of person I am? Her dad mutters out, Why are you still alive? And he takes her around the throat, telling her to die, you monster. Jesus. It's terrifying, and all these nurses have to rush over to pull him off her. He's still screaming out, You're a monster. Moonyang just lays on the ground where he knocked her over, tears once again in her eyes. But she laughs and keeps laughing as the nurses look on in confusion. As Moonyang leaves, we again see the person in the window. We hear a woman's voice say, Good, you shouldn't have come here in the first place. Do you think that's her mom? I, I thought so. But also, I found it really interesting as the camera was, like, panning up and showing the scene, how all the caretakers were, like, comforting her father, Mm -hmm. who was the one who did this, and nobody was comforting her, which she's the victim in that situation. Really good point. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that was very interesting. It's like, I don't know what to make of it, but I just thought that was in very interesting visual to watch yes yes because i feel like that sums i feel like that almost sums up her life yeah i mean i think because she has such she looks like she has it all together and she's just like a go-getter and she's confident and it's like that's all a mask probably yeah (laughs) which same with like gongte yeah yep you right you right (laughs) everyone's broken in this show (laughs) You right. <laughs> <laughs> and also another thing I noticed about this show is that people like to diagnose other people a lot. Yeah, I know. They're always just throwing. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense at the hospital. But yeah, they're just like, I think they have this. And I'm like, yeah, I think they have this disorder. I think they have that disorder. And it's like, oh, thing. my gosh, sometimes maybe somebody's just having a bad day <laughs> or, you know, maybe they're just just a 
intolerable person. Maybe I just like to strip off all my clothes, okay? Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm manic. Gangtae is on the bus heading home, and he's surprised to see Moon Young walking down the street by herself. He watches her as he goes by, but just sighs and turns back. He goes home to do some housework, including washing Songtae's Stegosaurus toy. But he keeps thinking about his words to Moonyang and the look she gave him. Moonyang is still walking alone. She wavers and sits down to take off her shoes. She's also thinking about Gangtae's words. You also won't be able to understand me until the day you die, she says out loud. Gangtae goes through Songtae's bag and finds his copy of Zombie Kid. He opens it up to read it. The story is about a boy in a small village who was born without feelings or emotions. All he had was the desire to eat, like a zombie. So his mother locked him up in the basement, so the neighbors wouldn't see him. She'd steal livestock to feed him each night. An epidemic broke out in the village, triggered, and most of the people left. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Oh, that was good. But the mother couldn't leave behind her son. And to appease his hunger, she cut off one of her legs to feed him. And after that, it was her arm. She gave him all her limbs. When only her torso was left, she embraced her son for the last time to let him devour what was left of her. We flash back again to Gangtae's childhood and the scene in the rain. That night, their mother tucks in Songtae as they sleep, while Gangtae is left sort of by himself. He snuggles in closer to his mom, who has turned away from him to embrace Songtae. He tearfully tugs on her shirt as the story of Zombie Kid continues. As the boy embraced his mother, he spoke for the first time. Mom, you're so warm. In the present, Gangtae reads out these words to himself, crying. Munyang is also thinking of her mother, of how she told her daughter she was different, her mother's greatest creation, and then of her father choking her at the hospital. She continues to narrate the next line in the story. What did the boy really want? Satiating his hunger or feeling his mother's warmth? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That story, like, hit me very hard. Me too. Like, it is very grotesque, and it's very crazy to think about. But, yeah, and I think just, like, props to the writing, because it's such a beautiful way to kind of express what these characters are feeling without spelling it outright. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. it it, Yeah, it's just, like, Conte's reaction was just, like, perfect. Yes. (laughs) That's how I felt. (laughs) It's like, damn. I think it's giving a big hint that, you know, Gongte, Munyang, Guido, the way that all these people are acting is it's like they just want that embrace, that acceptance, that warmth. And they just never got it. Yeah. And they so all, sad because it's like, well, now what can they do? Yeah. They all got mommy and daddy issues. Yeah, for real. For real. So just like Jesus the Trap again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Who do you think is worse, Mansu or Mr. Yu? Wait, who? Oh, oh Guido's dad. dad. I mean, oh. I feel like Mr. Yu had dimension to him, which, like, Guido's dad is just kind of the worst. So Guido's dad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's competition for last place, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JC returns home to find Gongtae still sunk to the floor. Judy asked Jesu to check in on him. She said he got slapped again. Juso, uh, Juso, <laughs> Juso Derulo. <laughs> Joke of the week. <laughs> oh, that was amazing, Juso. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Jesu 
also says he heard that Munyang's father choked her and caused a big scene. Gangte is surprised and realizes that this is probably why he saw Munyang walking alone so sadly. He tells Jaesu he needs to borrow his motorcycle and takes off through the rain, searching for Munyang. She's still walking along, barefoot. Gangte skids to a stop when he sees her and gets off the motorcycle. They both stare across at each other, drenched in the rain. Munyang gives a small smile at seeing him, her eyes once again filling with tears. Gangte unzips his jacket, wrapping it around her shoulders, and as he does, Munyang collapses into his arms. Gangte hugs her back as the episode ends. Yeah. I'm hoping that we're finally getting some progress now. <laughs> yeah. That it's like, okay, you guys have been vulnerable with each other. Let's expand on this. <laughs> also, at the end of that episode, I don't know why, but I definitely got goblin music stuck in my head. Oh. Like, it happened, and I went, the rain. Yeah, but also I love the like, oh dang, didn't know her dad choked her and this changes things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but also but yeah. all I could think about was like, dude, your jacket's already soaked. It's not going right. to help her at all. It's the thought, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, anyway, you flew through that episode rain. even after I took Did you I? on a urine detour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to make up for lost urine time. It is so funny how similar the themes of this episode were to Cheese in the Trap. Yeah, I agree. Because it's also like the parents treating children as commodities. Because I kind of got that sense from, like, let me brush your hair. You're so pretty for yeah. Moonyang. Like, you're my creation. And yeah, then clearly with Dante, like, yeah. yeah, you're my caregiver. And, and Guido's dad, like, you are a trophy to be put on yeah. a trophy case. Yeah. And you're worthless otherwise. So it is like... It's funny how this permeates. I wonder if it's a, it's a big cultural thing. Yeah. I don't know. You want to know what, because when Kangtae's mother was like, this is why I had you, was to take care of Songtae, it reminded me of My Sister's Keeper. Have you ever read that? No. Oh, that's a general story, insane. but no. That shit's insane. Because basically... um, they in the story they they had two kids and the daughter got cancer and the doctor when they were discussing the cancer or whatever were like are you guys planning on having another child because there's this like placenta thing that you could do whatever that would help with this specific kind of cancer blah 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 blah. and so they were like okay so they like genetically modified their kid so oh, that man. she would basically be a perfect match to her sister. So that anytime she needed like a bone marrow transplant, like a kidney, whatever, like they could just uh, immediately take from the sister. That was <gasps> what the specifically heck? why they had her was to, um, yeah, basically take care of the sister who had, I think she had leukemia or something like that. But in the story, however, the sister who had cancer talked to her other sister and was like, you need to, like, sue our parents for, like, oh, the wow. legal rights to your body, basically. And that that was, like, the m biggest chunk of the story. A absolutely insane. Yeah. That's so that's what it reminded that, that remind me a lot of that, of, like, this is why I had you. And it's just like, it's just my sister's keeper, except he's his brother's keeper, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and again, just I think the idea of like, yeah, like taking away someone's personhood and like solo identity. And it's like, it especially hurts because you know how 
loyal Gong Tae is to Song Tae and just how like lovable Song Tae is. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's like, of course he can't abandon him. And yeah, but he also means he can never really have his own life. Yeah. Again, with like the Inho and Inha being commodities and Jong just being the trophy kid, like they're both, but I guess it's all ramped up because like these situations are way worse. So I think also yeah. these people's actions are way worse. Yeah. Across yeah. the board. <laughs> yeah. It's ramping up, and I, I'm I'm curious because I think we get the hints of the backstories, but I'm I'm curious to see them, and I'm also just curious to see where this goes because, like right out the gate, we get you know Moon Young being like I love you, so where do we go from here? Yeah, it's like when when are they gonna say it and mean it? All right, any other thoughts? <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. No thoughts, head empty. <laughs> <laughs> Me all day, every day. Uh, oh, I guess I'm out drawing. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> word was. You twat. <laughs> I mean, you did say no thoughts at empty, so. It's so cute. You twat. I was trying to say, like, you are, and you are outro. Like, it was like a, like two separate sentences were trying to come out. They got me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot wait to listen to that one. <laughs> oh, now I have the giggles. Oh, no. I feel it, man. All right, we're almost there. Okay, get it. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we'll be discussing the next two episodes, five and six of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Dramatized Pod. Join the Discard. Discard. <laughs> discard to join the Discord. Yeah. The link to it is in our Twitter bio and also in our podcast bio. And until next time, don't get traumatized by the dramatized. <laughs>